BYOD or bring your own device should have been a forewarning of things to come. But it took the COVID-19 pandemic for enterprises to take action to address the security hole that mobility has brought to the enterprise. Welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. For years, information security vendors and experts have been touting the importance of securing the perimeter with strategies like defense in depth as one of several approaches to take as organizations embrace a connected economy. Over the years, technologies and approaches have come up to the challenge of securing the enterprise. The variety of choice and technologies have left many stupefied. Indeed, Gartner Senior Director Analyst Brian Reed said, We can spend too much precious time overanalyzing choices we make about security, striving for this notion of perfect protection that just simply doesn't exist. We must look beyond basic protection decisions and improve organizational resilience through innovative approaches to detection and response and ultimately recovery from security incidents, he continued. Welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. In today's episode, we speak to Joe Signorelli, Vice President, Asia-Pacific and Japan for Pulse Secure. Welcome to Podchats, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So our topic is securing the borderless perimeter in 2020. COVID saw an uptick in virtual private networks or VPNs. Some argue that the interest may have waned already. Others don't. Where do you see this headed, this use of VPN coming into 2020? So it's really changed. So if you if you came back to me at the end of 2019, before the whole COVID thing started, and you listened to people talk about it, you would have heard those words, oh, SSL VPN is dead, nobody needs it, remote access. But I think starting in Q1, Q2, with when all of it hit, it really changed the way people looked at it. And we thought to ourselves, is this something that can continue? Is this going to be, you know, we're going to solve some people's issues and problems immediately and then move on. But what we found is is really how people are and how businesses are looking at doing business post-COVID. And it has changed what they're doing, but not by far has anything really changed within our business itself. What it has done, though, is it brought more to the front about remote access capabilities, it brought mobile device management. People started really looking at how they're securing their infrastructure, single policy engines, simplifying that security profiles that they put out for their users. And that we're seeing now as an uptick as we move into 2021. And as we start to broaden our portfolio into the NAC space, into what we call ZTA, which is zero trust software defined perimeter, we're starting to see the merge of different security aspects, the cloud, infrastructure, remote access now coming together. So companies are definitely looking at it Uh, Networking and security vendors say that with mobility, cloud, and virtualization, the perimeter has become borderless. The workforce is out there, and especially these days where there's a lot more people working remotely. How does this impact the ability of a CIO and the CISO to keep the borderless network secure? What the CIOs and CISOs and the rest of it look at is the ability to have a single policy engine managing the infrastructure. When you look at a single policy engine and you're able to manage the infrastructure from a single policy across the entire infrastructure, cloud, remote, internal, all of it, it simplifies it. And suddenly you start to see a return on that investment because you're actually reducing costs without having to have to support multiple infrastructure, multiple policies, multiple vendors and things like that. 
One of the notable technology evolutions of the last few years has been the rise of the software-defined. What is your take on this software-defined perimeter? So software-defined perimeter really is, is the ability to secure the infrastructure uh, with a zero trust. So it really works in, in two parts. So you have a software-defined perimeter, and then you have a zero trust, which is an architecture. And the software-defined perimeter is actually that architecture, which really doesn't allow anything into the perimeter or into the infrastructure until it's been authentic and secured. So that goes from not just, see, this is where people look at security from people trying to get access to something. It's more than that because in organizations, they have printers, they have cameras, they all have all kinds of devices outside the perimeter that are attached to those networks that have access to the network. And those are all vulnerable points. Okay, so that's one part. In a software-defined perimeter and zero trust, it's how do you authenticate that? But the key to it is, is the manageability of it, the ability to look at multiple users quickly, understand what's happening in the environment. And that software-defined piece, as we move it into the cloud, also then allows us to provide those services as well. Does a software-defined approach to securing the perimeter, does it add any latency to the user experience? No, actually it doesn't. So that, that's the whole point. In fact, it actually increases. It increases the performance because once we authenticate a user and we establish that token, they don't have to run all those services and that traffic through their internal networks. So once I've established a token from outside, for example, I think can access uh, applications within the environment or through the cloud without having to run through the primary infrastructure. So I'm not putting latency against my switches, my routers and all the things and other vendors' products. So once I've authenticated, I remove myself from that and now I have access directly to the application. For an organization looking to deploy this uh, zero trust architecture uh, using a software-defined perimeter approach, what are the challenges that they would be looking at as they try to build this thing for their organization? It's not so much challenges. It's really understanding what it is they're trying to secure. Nothing like this ever happens overnight. So it's usually a gradual type piece of it. You would take the critical applications first. They would then deploy the, the appliances in front of those applications. They would then build their profiles. If they were already a Pulse user, those same profiles would then carry over into the ZTA, Zero Trust. So they don't have to redefine everything. They don't have to reconfigure. So it does simplify it. But once they've done it, it's it's kind of a stepping stone. So they, they don't go in there and just deploy an architecture globally all at once. It's piece by piece. So they might take Asia first. In some situations, some of the our customers would take Asia Pacific first, or they might take Europe first. Once they've deployed the architecture there, then they would expand it out. What they may do is create some high availability where they would have access to multiple controllers in multiple locations so that if one would fail, it would fail over the other so they don't see the downtime. So, but then they would then add into the applications coming from the other side as well. So it, it's kind of an evolution. It, it's not where most companies come in and do it all at once. I need you to look at the positions of a CIO, CISO, and CFO. What would be the top considerations for these, each of these titles or functions when considering or to implement an SDP? Yeah, so usually, usually from a CIO, and this is not every organization, but usually there's always a cost structure. So what, what is the cost? What is the benefit to that cost? And then from a security profile, it's how many different security aspects are they managing? How many different vendors? How many firewalls? How many SSL VPNs? 
how much remote access, how much, how much NAC are they doing? It's a hard question to answer because if I'm a bank, I'm going to look at it from one perspective. If I'm manufacturing, I might look at it from a different way. If I'm retail, I might look at it completely differently. If I'm a AWS, for example, you know, I would, I would look at an Amazon differently in the way I handle my customers and secure the infrastructure. In terms of provisioning security for next year, what would it look like? What will the provision of security look like in 2021? So I think you're going to move away from the brick and the mortar, the data center. Um, I think you're going to move away from offices. I mean, we are seeing in, in California, for example, some of these companies, that they're buying out their leases for the next five years because they don't expect anybody to ever walk back into their offices. So when they build out that infrastructure, they're not looking at it from security and inside from a data center inside of a, a building. They're now looking at it. How do we support the infrastructure from outside coming in? Or how do we support cloud applications? So the whole thought process of the way companies are looking to deploy their security architecture is completely changed uh, because of the COVID. And I don't think it's ever going to go back to what it really was. I think it'll be a version of that. But I think you're going to see a lot more remote access. I mean, I lived in Japan for 15 years. And, you know, I work in Japan, lived in Japan even before I worked with Pulse. And no one ever worked from home in Japan. If you're familiar with the culture, it was you go to an office at nine o'clock in the morning and you don't leave until 10 o'clock at night and everything you do is inside that building. Today, these people are working from home. Suddenly, they're trying to figure out how do we allow all these people to have access to all their applications and be as productive from home as they were when they were inside the organization. And what companies are actually finding is that employees are more productive actually when they're working from home than they were when they were actually in the office. There is more freedom. But CIOs and CISOs, they're looking at how do we need to secure these infrastructures differently than the way they used to look at it before, because it's not just at the desk, a connection. They now have BYOD, they now have telephones, they have iPads. You, you pick what these people are using and how they're accessing their cloud applications is completely different. Um, so I think companies are, are changing the way they're looking. And I think it really depends on that organization or that vertical as to how, how it changes. Thank you again for joining me today on Podcast for Future CIO. I appreciate it. That was Joe Signorelli, Vice President, Asia-Pacific and Japan for Pulse Secure, speaking on the topic of the role of software-defined security and zero-trust architecture when applied to securing the borderless enterprise. You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at editors at society.com. See you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.